Welcome to Soul Rio, a church where God is made center, families made stronger, and lives restored. Today's sermon is entitled, Getting Ready, God Will Use You, presented by Pastor Floyd Silva on December 11th, 2016. So when I was uh, about in the sixth grade, I, I had the uh, great privilege to uh, take a trip to New Jersey. Everybody's heard of New Jersey, right? I think it's somewhere in the United States. Not sure. My aunt and uncle lived out there, and they lived in this rural community, and uh, they had uh, horses and rabbits and all kinds of stuff, and they were very excited uh, for me to come out because they just wanted to share their life with me as their nephew. And so, so I got out there, and one of the first things that my aunt wanted to do for me was to allow me to ride her horse, all right? They had several horses, and and so uh, within the first two days, she's like, okay, we're going to get you up on that horse tomorrow morning. So I get up, I'm excited, I'm ready to go. Remember, I'm in about sixth grade, just a young man, think he knows it all, you know, pretty tough kid, you know, all that good stuff. I'm ready to ride this horse, okay? So we get out there, and uh, the horse comes out from the barn or the stable, whatever it's called, and uh, that's how much I know. And uh, he's got a saddle on it, he's huge bigger than I ever expected, you know, and uh, so sure enough, I'm going to hop on this horse and ride it, and in her grace and in her kindness, my aunt uh, wants to share with me and give me a little bit of guidance to ride this horse, but of course, I'm, you know, pre-teens, and I'm ready to ride this horse, so I hop up on this horse, and I get on it, and of course, I just say, giddy up, I'm ready to go, well, little did I know that this horse was a little more stubborn than I was. And this horse, as I said, giddy up, he just kind of went on and did his own thing. And he took me off to the left a little bit. And you got to imagine at that moment, I kind of panicked, you know. I was like, what in the world? Come on, go this way, go this way. And the horse just took off on its own. You know, later on in life, I I look back on that story and I see a couple of things that, that I think that I can learn from that moment in life, that, that, that moment where I just wanted to have control of that horse, but I had none whatsoever. One of the greatest things that I can see in that is that in my aunt's grace and kindness for me, she wanted to teach me some things. She wanted to help me to understand how to guide that horse and how to use the things that, that were there on the horse to take control of it so the horse knew exactly what I needed it to do. See, there was an element of my own personal faith as I got on that horse not knowing what I didn't know. See, I think I thought I had it all figured out in this life. And I think it's a lot like our own faith in life. Sometimes we just kind of get up there and we want to go. We just want to move forward on our own. We think, oh, I got this. I can do this. But again, sometimes we just don't know what we don't know. See, in the book of Hebrews chapter 11, it tells us there something specific about our faith. It says, verse 1, it says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, for the conviction of things not seen. And then in verse 3, it says, By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. See, in those moments of riding that horse I thought I had it figured out. I thought I could do this. I didn't need any instruction. I didn't need any guidance. 
See, the truth of the fact is that I really truly didn't understand what I was doing. And I think it's similar for, for you and I in our faith. You know, faith is something very specific. You know, it's a, the assurance of things hoped for. And it's a conviction of things not seen. But for whatever reason, we live our lives in opposition sometimes to the things that we say that we believe, that we say that we hope for. And I simply think it comes back to the very simple fact of that, is that we don't know what we don't know. And we don't take the time to learn, to help each other as we gather together to grow in our faith. To help each other as we gather together, to help each other to see all about God's grace and the things that we, we, we can do in this life together as, as church members, as the body of Christ. And to really come to the understanding of who God is, the creator of all things. For some reason, we want to be in control. We want to hold the reins and we want to call the shots and decide how God will use us. You know, isn't that what we typically do in life? So I think even to agree that we often use God instead of letting him use us. Well, in our story this morning, as we look at Luke chapter one, we're going to look at the story of Mary. And how her faith led her to live a life of obedience, led her to live a life that allowed God to do what he wanted to do, not only in her, but also through her. She let God take control. See, Luke records for us this example of faith. This example that Mary modeled for you and I in her faith. And the greatest thing that we can grab from this passage that we're going to read is that she was ready and she was available to be used by God. I want to ask you this morning, are you ready? No, really, I'm asking you, are you ready? (laughs) I wasn't rhetorical. (laughs) Darn it, you have to be, yes. All right, well, let's pray and then we'll read together. Father, we thank you this morning for your word. Father, we thank you for the hope that we have the assurance of this hope, this faith that you've given us to trust and believe, Lord. And we want to grow in that faith. As we gather together this morning, Father, we want to elevate you and lift you up on high. Lord, seeking insight and understanding to how we can grow in this faith. Father, speak to us this morning. We came here to hear your voice. Father, as we read these words, I pray that it would inspire us, it would encourage us, and it would remind us of all of the great things that you have already done through so many people so that in this very moment we can realize and come to an understanding of how you will use us and what you want to do not only in us but also through us. So Father, we thank you for that and we look to you in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 26, we're going to read all the way through verse 38. It says, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying, And tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, 
for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him to you, give to, to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Well, Before we move into the application of what this passage is telling us. I want to kind of take care of some and clear up some confusion about Mary. I think there's, there's two camps that sit on the Mary. Some are the, you know, team Mary and others are not so team Mary. You know, some will overemphasize Mary. They'll elevate her above Jesus Christ. They, they seem to want to call her almost a co-redeemer of Jesus Christ. Now we can't take away the fact that that Mary was used by God and she played a great and an important role in what God was doing in these moments. But we also have to understand that that Mary was just a servant. She was a young lady. They say anywhere between about 16 and 17 years old. She lived a life just like you and I live today in similar in fashion. She worked. She was a part of a family. She loved God. And she wanted to be obedient to the things that God had for her in her life. See, she was human, just like you and I. She died a death, just like anyone else. But then there are others that, that, that will underappreciate Mary. And I think we find this a lot when we look at, that the, at the great people of faith. You know, as we look at others in our lives in current day that, that have lived lives generation after generation to model what it means to be used by God. You can't lose sight of the fact that there are great people of faith that have modeled great things all in Jesus' name. I love, if you look at Hebrews chapter 11, that whole chapter, all of it says, every other verse, every other word says, by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith. Over and over, we are reminded of all of these great individuals of faith. See, what God does in this moment through Mary is a reminder of faith. It's a reminder that he uses this young lady right where she's at in the moment that she's at to help not only build her faith, but to strengthen the faith of ourselves today. She's one of those great clouds of witness that Hebrews talks about. And we can look at her life and we can see how God uses her as an instrument. In fact, we can call her an instrument in the Redeemer's hand. She was someone that was used by God's hand 
to do something miraculous, to do something great. And because of her obedience in that and her understanding of her role and how God would to use her, you and I, we benefit today. And it's all by faith. See, just as Mary was an instrument that God used, we can also be an instrument that God will use today. God wants to use you. He wants to use me. And he wants to use many. And I believe if we walk by faith, if we live by faith, that God will use us in some way or another. You know, I, I think about, when I think about being an instrument in the Redeemer's hand, um, and I know many of you ladies do this too, so it's not just to the men that I'm speaking to, but there's a love for tools, right? <laughs> you know, when, when I go and, and I buy a tool, half of the time I don't even need that tool. <laughs> you know, I... I <laughs> you know, it, it's so true. I was, I was hanging out with a good friend and I was helping him fix something uh, yesterday afternoon and, and uh, we went to go fix it and take it apart and uh, we didn't have the right tool. And in my mind, I thought, well, you know what? You can go ahead and buy that because you'll probably need it for later. And then so we go to the store and we're, we're looking at all the tools and, and we find the right one and there's one left on the shelf. And, and he didn't know this, but, but I was hoping that there was two. <laughs> you know, I, I thought, you know, maybe one day I'll need that tool. Maybe one day I can use it, you know, but probably wouldn't happen. You know, I've got a toolbox full of things that, that I don't use very often. But I, I think maybe we can take that and, and think about how God sees us as his people, right? Because we all are so, so intricate in design. We are all so created so uniquely. We are fearfully and wonderfully made, right? And because of that, in moments in our life and, and, and certain times in our life, God says, hey, Floyd, you know what? I need you right here and right now. For such a time as this. And I believe he says that to all of us. To each and every one of us. See God will use us. But we have to answer a question. And the real question is this. Have you placed your life in God's hands? Are you open and available to how God will use you? See that's a tough question. And we have to answer that question honestly. But if we do, and when we do, we'll see that one, that God will use us. He will use you in his grace. Listen to what it says in verse 28 through 30. It says, he came to her and he said, greetings, O favored one. Underline that. The Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. See, we see in this passage the word favor repeated several times. And right now in this moment, Mary's wondering, Well, what is he saying, O favored one? What does he mean as he's sharing this with me? Well, we understand that that favor means that we are an object of affection. When someone has favor, they are objects of, of choice. At this moment, Mary is an object of God's choice. She has found favor in God's eyes. 
and God wants to use her. See, and it is his gracious choosing. It is by his grace that she is an instrument that will be used to help so many others. See, Mary was no different than you and I. She was a sinner saved by grace. She had her shortcomings just like every other humanity, every other human has. See, the Bible's very clear. It tells us that, that we all fall short. There's not a one of us here that is sinless. Even Jesus tells the people, he says, go ahead and throw the first stone if you are without sin. He says, go ahead and place judgment if there is no need to be judged. See, Mary is no different than you and I. But God chose her. God wants to use her. In 1 Peter, we see a reminder of this for you and I. In, verse, in chapter 2, verse 9, it says, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. See, when we testify of God's grace, we're giving him glory and letting people see him as preeminent and not us. See, the only one that we should elevate and make preeminent in this world and in this lifetime is who? Jesus Christ. Amen. And why? Why do we do that? Because by his loving grace, he chose us. See, and in God's grace, he will use you. He wants to use you. But I think the important thing that we have to see and understand here is God's grace. And I know it's hard to understand at times. I know there's, there's moments and days when we just fall so short or we fall so far away from the throne and we just think to ourselves, how could anybody love me? Much less the God that created the heavens and the earth. See, but we're reminded here in Peter in fact, the whole book, I would challenge you to, to read it when you go home this afternoon. First Peter, it's all about God's grace. It's all about grace and the love that God has for his people, those that he chose. And Peter's addressing the Gentile people in that book right there. He's, he's, he's addressing those that are far from God, those that are walking with God, those that need a reminder of the hope and the love that Jesus Christ brings and gives and offers. See, God has chosen you in his grace. I hope you know that. I hope today that you, you grab onto that, that you grab onto the hope that we have through this miraculous event that we celebrate, that we think about. I want to ask you, do you believe this? Do you trust in it? I hope you do. Because it's everything to how we'll live this life. It's everything to how we'll allow God to use us in this lifetime. We have to understand this huge grace that God has given us. 1 Corinthians 1 
says this. It says, For consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards, but many, not, excuse me, not many were wise according to worldly standards, not many were powerful, not many were of noble birth, but God chose, underline that, what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose, underline that, what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose, underline that, what is low and despised in the world. Even things that are not to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. Now that is grace. That is grace. Are you ready to be used by God? Well, if you are, then I want you to know that God will use you in his power. And I think this is an important part of understanding how and why we'll be used because a lot of times we just want to go out there and serve. We want to grab the horse by the reins and go, right? We don't know what we don't know. Listen to what it says here in verse 35. It says, the angel answered her because she was questioning. She says, how can this be? How can this happen? And the angel says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. See, Mary asks how this miraculous birth of Jesus is supposed to occur. How can this be? And we have to understand the setting. Mary was about a 16, 17-year-old young lady that was betrothed already. She was already committed in marriage. And it's different than what we think about in today's time as far as being engaged. You know, we, we get engaged and we hang out for a year or so or a couple months or so and then we get married. Well, at that moment... Her being betrothed to this young man was like she was married. All right? So she, she could not change that fact. She could not escape what was happening in her life without having a divorce. See, in today's time, if we're engaged and we decide along the way, never mind, we could just walk away. We don't have to have a a divorce or a piece of paper that tells us we're free. See, you've got to understand where Mary's coming from as she hears the angel of the Lord telling her that she's going to have a baby. See, she's trying to understand this situation. And it's wonderful how God makes it so clear to her. He says the Holy Spirit will accomplish it supernaturally. The power of God will overcome the laws of nature. Miraculously, you will conceive a child. And all of the world will testify of God's power. And then the messenger gives Mary the testimony of what has happened in Elizabeth's life. Again, another miraculous event, all leading up to fulfilling God's purpose and his plan for the coming Messiah. See, what we see here is God's power being revealed to you and I. God is showing us his power in these verses. He's showing us what he can do and what he wants to do. He uses them in his power. Jeremiah 10 verse 12 says, it is he who made the earth by his power, who established by, 
excuse me, who established the world by his wisdom and by his understanding stretched out the heavens. There it is. The power of God. How often is it that we underestimate the power of God? That's a rhetorical question. But I do want you to think about that. How often is it that we underestimate the power of God? See, God wants to do some great things in you, in your life. He wants to show you what you don't know. He wants to help you to understand His grace and His glory. He wants you to understand who He is. He wants to draw you near. But He also wants to do great things through you. He also wants to take those things and in His power use you in this community, in this city, in this world, in this nation. You know, it's wonderful to hear a bunch of our teenagers and and several adults went to Mexico this last weekend and they helped out um, with some orphanage, uh, in in an orphanage with some children. They, They helped them to have a Christmas. They helped them to understand the reason for the season. And I tell you, I bet you those kids were blessed. They were excited. They have a lot of fun. But I tell you what, it's even a greater blessing to hear all the great stories of what God did in the hearts of these people that went. I would challenge you as individuals to to ask some of these teenagers the life-changing experience that they had this last weekend by spending time with these kids. See, God is at work, but he's not only at work in us. He's at work in others, but he has to work through us. God wants to use you for his glory. You are a tool in his toolbox. I love what John Piper says. He says, It is about the greatness of God, not the significance of man. God made man small and the universe big to say something about himself. Amen? You believe that today? See, it's not about how little we are. It's not how insignificant I think I am or what I think I cannot do. It's really more about what I think and believe and trust that God can do because we serve a big God. Remember what Jesus said as we think about the power of God and where it comes from and how we draw near in our faith, how we grow in our faith. Remember what Jesus said to his disciples in John 15. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. See there, the connection? For apart from me, you can do nothing. See, we have to be connected to Jesus. See, we have to know our Redeemer. We have to be saved. And we have to have faith and trust, knowing that God is in control. And that he'll do great things through us and in us because he is a great God. The last thing we see here is that God will use us on purpose. Verse 37 and 38 says, For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, 
This is a powerful statement here. I want you to really listen to what Mary says and how she responds. She says, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And then the angel departed from her. Do you believe that all things are possible with God? And if you believe that, then my statement, your statement, will be the same as Mary's. Behold, I am a servant of God. Let it be to me according to his word. Behold, I am a servant of God. Let it be to me according to his word. I love that statement. You know, it's, it's a statement that, that is so powerful. And I, I think if, if, we, if we learn it, if we put our faith in it, and if we trust in it, and we apply it to our lives on a daily basis, not only will our world change, but the world around us will change. We will truly be instruments in the Redeemer's hands. Because we've given over ourselves. We've died to ourselves and we've given over to God. And we've trusted what God's word says for us. It has for us. And what God desires for us. And for the very simple fact that God wants to use us on purpose. This morning as we close, as we kind of think about this story, as we get ready to celebrate our coming Savior. I want you to know that that God is calling you to fulfill your purpose. God has some great things in store for you as an individual in this lifetime. I want to ask the band to come up and we're going to we're going to sing this last song and it's a beautiful song and I want you to listen to the words as, as Patty sings this song. But I only, not only want you to, to listen to the words, but I want you to think about the question that's being asked. You know, it just simply says, Mary, did you know? Mary, did you know who this child would be? I want to ask you this morning, do you know the Savior that will be born in Bethlehem? Do you know who he'll become? Do you have faith? Have you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the coming one? And if you haven't done that, I want to ask you this morning to do that, to put your faith and your hope and your trust in Jesus Christ. I want you to know that that God has some great things planned for your life that you are important to God. And by His grace and in His grace, He wants to do great things in you and through you. And He will give you the power to do that. At the moment that you give your life to Jesus Christ, His Holy Spirit will begin to guide you. He'll begin to show you and reveal to you the things that He desires for you. And by His might, by His power, God will use you to do great things. And he will be purposeful in everything that he does, not only in you, but through you. Will you pray with me? Father, we thank you this morning for your word. We thank you for the grace, the grace that has been given to each and every person. 
The only question that we have to answer this morning for ourselves and to ourselves is will we receive that grace? Will we accept the love and the hope that you've given us through your son, Jesus Christ? The Bible teaches us that that you gave your only begotten son, Jesus Christ, that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Father, your word tells us and reminds us that we all fall short, that we all have sin that we struggle with, all all have sin that we wrestle through. But Lord, through your son, Jesus Christ, because of what he did on the cross, we have not only power over sin, but power to overcome sin. Your son, Jesus Christ, conquered death, and he did it with a purpose. He did it with a plan. He did it to redeem us, to save us, to help us to know and to understand this faith. The faith that we put in you, Father, knowing that your word is true. Knowing that your son came with a purpose. And you used many before us to reveal that purpose to us. And this morning, as we gather together, as we sing this last song, as we think about, do we really know Father, we pray that you will get us ready, that you will prepare our hearts. And Lord, that we would sing your praise, that we would lift you on high for for the God that you are. Lord, we love you, we thank you for your love, and we look to you in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for listening, and we pray you were blessed by today's message. You're invited to worship with us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. For directions and information about Soul Rio and our weekly events, please visit our website at soulrio.com. You may also contact us by phone at area code 505-792-8737 or email us at info at soulrio.com. At Soul Rio, We're a community of followers of Jesus Christ, committed to live by faith, to be known by love, and to be a voice of hope to our community. We invite you to go with us on this journey.